0: Well, today I'm talking about the church. So if you got a Bible, open up to Matthew 16, 13. We're going to stand for the reading of the word. Yeah! Come on, somebody. (laughs) Matthew 16, 13. Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi. He asked them this question Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, Jeremiah one of the prophets, Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? It's not enough just to have somebody else's interpretation. You got to have a personal revelation of who Jesus is. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And in that moment, Jesus said... Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church. Everybody say, His church. Jesus said, I'm gonna build my church, and let's say it together. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now this time, say it with a little bit of attitude. All right, church? Everybody, let's say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on, Jesus is building his church. So this morning, it's really a declaration. More than it's a message, it's a declaration. Because this is what I want to say to you today. Politicians will come and go. Companies will rise and fall. The stock market will soar and crash. But the church will stand from generation to generation because Jesus is the head. He's building his church. And hell can't stop us. Storms can't stop us. Persecution can't stop us. The church will endure. And the gates of hell will not prevail against her. So here's the title of the message. We are that church. Turn to somebody next to you and say, We are that church. Turn to the other person you didn't turn to and say, We are that church. All right, let's say our victory confession together on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because my heart is open. My mind is ready to receive Because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Thank you, Jesus. You can give somebody a high five, you can be seated, but not for long, because I might need you to jump up and shout and do a victory lap. (laughs) We are that church. You know, we've been called a lot of things over the years. (laughs) I remember uh, multiple times in my life, whenever I was inviting people to Victory, they'd say, you go to that church? And I'd be like, yeah, I go to that church. Let me tell you something about that church. In fact, one time, I was on a mission trip in Atlanta, Georgia. We were ministering. Victory and ORU had gone on a trip to minister to the homeless in Atlanta, kind of a dream center that was there. And um, while we were there, I saw this man over to the side in a park. He was sitting under a tree and he had a Bible open. So I went over and I began talking to him. And he said, man, where are you guys from? I said, we're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He goes, Tulsa, Oklahoma? No way. He said, you're from Tulsa, the Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was like, I don't know if there's another one, but I'm from the Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, man, what are you guys doing here? I said, we're on a mission strip. We're sharing the good news and I see you got a Bible. He said, yeah, man, I'm a Christian. He said, I used to live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he said, uh, what church are you guys from? I said, we're from Victory. Before I could finish it, he goes, Victory Christian Center. You from Victory Christian Center. He said, let me tell you something about that church. Everybody say, that church. Now, this mission strip was in 2005. It was the summer of 2005. And um, he was sitting in the park. He said, let me tell you something about that church. So I kind of braced myself. I was like, what is he going to say? He said, over 10 years ago, I came to your church he said at that time I had a job I had a wife I had a family he said The pastor at that church was preaching about how everybody's valuable in God's eyes. Nobody is uh, non-valuable. Everybody is valuable. And he gave us a book. And he turns his Bible and he pulls out this purple uh, torn book that says, You Are Valuable by Billy Joe Doherty. And he said, Your church gave these books to people that weekend. He said, I've held on to this book for longer. He said, For more than 10 years. He said, I've been discouraged. I lost my wife. I lost my job. lost my family. Caught a bus. I've been living in Atlanta for several years years now, but he said, I have held on to this book. And he said, I flip through it when I'm discouraged or depressed to remind myself that I am still valuable. Everybody say, we are that church. Multiple times I've been in conversations where people will start to say something about this church or that church. And really the church at large worldwide has gotten a lot of labels and names and different things said about it. But I want to talk to you today about this church, the church that Jesus has been building and the church that Jesus was building even before victory began, the the church that's been around for 2,000 years God's church, Christ's church. Today, I wanna talk to you about that. You know, I, I was gonna label this church, we're still flying, because one person said, you guys are like a bumblebee. You guys shouldn't be flying. You defy gravity. You guys are so big and you're doing so much and somehow you still got the wingspan to get up above the ground. And I wanted to say, we're still flying, baby. Come on, somebody. People said, I don't know how long you guys are gonna fly with as much as you're doing. And I said, well, we're still flying. Come on. We are that church. What kind of church are we? What kind of church is this church? Well, first of all, we are a Jesus-centered church. We're a church that's all about Jesus. Jesus is at the head. Colossians 1.8 says Jesus is the head of the church. He is supreme over everything. He is first in everything. So victory we take our cues from Jesus. I preached a sermon a few weeks ago called WWJD. What would Jesus do? We get our cues for the way that we, we do church, the way that we love people. We look at the life of Jesus. Who did? How did Jesus love? How did Jesus live? He was a forgiver. Victory is going to be a, a church of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. That's the way that Jesus was. We are Jesus centered. Jesus was a discipler. He was someone who was equipping uh, his disciples. Victory is an equipping church. We're an empowering church 849 volunteers last weekend served on Easter weekend we're an empowering church when someone gets an idea we say go for it you've got it you can do it we're that kind of church everybody say we are that church secondly we're a spirit empowered church we are a spirit empowered church. In Acts 2 verse 4 it says the Holy Spirit filled the disciples and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. From that moment, from Acts chapter 2, the church just was on fire. They took off. One thing that makes victory special is we're a Spirit-empowered Church, we believe the Holy Spirit is for today. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today and available to you. And today, I'm telling you, we can't do what God's called us to do without the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our guide. He's our teacher. We are spirit empowered. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is is liberty. This past week, there was an earthquake that hit Tulsa. How many of you guys felt it? There There was a couple earthquakes. There was one that happened the day after Easter. 4.2 earthquake, shaking the ground. You know what that tells me? I I woke up from that and I was looking at the news and I just felt my spirit. There is a groaning, the earth is groaning for a spirit-empowered church that's gonna shake the world with God's love and God's power and God's miracles and signs and wonders. The world is ready and quaking and ready for a church that's spirit-empowered. Thirdly, we are a word church. We don't change the word of God to fit our culture. We change our culture to fit the word of God. We take our cues from scriptures. We let the word of God transform us. 2 Timothy 4.2, Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Everybody say, preach it, pastor. Preach the word of God. All of us in this room must preach the word of God. We must stick to the word of God. It's not what the popular ideas of the day or the philosophers of the day would say. We've got a book that's outlasted governments and kingdoms and supreme courts and and politicians and philosophers. We've got a word of God. See, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands eternal from generation. We're gonna have this word even up in heaven. Preach the word! Man, I'm passionate this morning. You better watch out. (laughs) <laughs> the word of God has the power to change our lives it has the power to change our lives so we get the word of God 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17 says this that the word of God is the inspired words from God it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction and in righteousness watch this, verse 17, he says this and for equipping you for every good work The word of God equips us to do what God's called us to do. When you come to Victory Church, Victory's youth group, TFS, this week is doing a pack the pack. They're going to reach hundreds, thousands of teenagers this week at Jinx High School. We're going to preach the word of God unashamedly, unembarrassed. We're gonna declare the name of Jesus from nursery to children's church, to youth group, to young adults on the mission field, in the Christian school, in the Bible college, at the Dream Center, on our uh, missionary fields all over the world. It's the word of God. Fourthly, we are a loving church. This last week, we asked on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, what what comes to your mind when you think about victory? What word comes to your mind? You know, the number one word was love. Thank God. You know what Jesus said in John 13, verse 34 through 35? He said, love one another. By this, verse 35, by this, the world will know that you are my disciples. Jesus said, if there's one thing that you guys should be known for. It's your love for each other. When someone comes through the doors of this church, we're not here to judge them. We love them. We let them belong before they believe. We let them come in before they change. We let them experience God's grace before they get all cleaned up because that's the way they're gonna have transformation. We are a church of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. There's been people all through this church that have shown the love of God to so many people. Many of you are part of it. Many of you have gone and reached out to people who are hurting. We've had people sending testimonies in the last week saying, you guys reached out to my family when we went through a house fire. You guys reached out to uh, my parents when they went through a divorce. You guys welcomed us in when we were one, one pastor. He came to victory for a long season. He said, I was hurting, I was broken. Uh, the church that I was pastoring had basically kicked me out of being their pastor. I came to victory and I found healing and restoration for me and my wife. We're back in the mission field. We're doing ministry. We're a church that loves all people, people of all backgrounds, people of all uh, types of different things where we allow people to come in here. We're not gonna change the word of God, but we're also gonna welcome people with God's love. One testimony, this was powerful. You gotta hear this. A man named Tom from our church, he said, about two or three months after my wife passed away and went to heaven, It was in my heart to start greeting again on Saturday nights at Victory. The host team on Saturday nights has been such a blessing and a privilege for me, led by Chad and Stacy. In January of this year, I happened to sit behind a young couple, Ed and Ashley Blanchard. They serve under Kevin and Christina Harris at Victory Internship. At the time, they had a three-year-old boy, Jeremiah, and Ashley was pregnant with their second baby. There's so much to this story, but long story short, they have been a wonderful, awesome blessing to me. They adopted me into their family. They allowed me to be part of their family. They saved me a seat every Saturday night service. And in a couple of those services, they gave me the honor to hold their six-month-old daughter. She fell asleep in my lap. What a joy this has brought to me since my wife passed and since Michelle and I never were able to have children. This has been an answer to prayer and a testimony of the church's love. I've been to grief share that's been uh, uh, that's been a major impact to me. I've had visits from church member since my wife passed and before she passed. I felt the prayers of my connect group. My connect group leaders, Ron and Sandy Flick, they showed up at 4 30 a.m. in the morning after my wife passed away and they stayed with me and comforted me and, and, and cried with me and held my hand. Church, this is what it's all about. This is Tom right here. Last night was there serving, crying, saying, thank you, Victory. I'm just one of many in this church that has felt the love of the members of this church. It's not about a person on a stage. doesn't matter how good I could preach or how good my dad could preach. At the end of the day, it's about the church being the church. Everybody say, we are that church. You are that church. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness. We are a bold church. We will try new ways to reach people with the gospel. Bold people, bold churches, they understand this. The message never changes, but the methods must change with the times. We must find new ways to preach the word of God, whether it's Snapchat, Periscope, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Easter plays, Easter egg hunts, Christmas plays, uh, 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 productions, uh, 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 TV, radio. We're gonna be bold. We're gonna go after the lost. We're gonna do whatever it takes. I'm thankful I'm part of a bold church that decided over 30 years ago to be debt free. I'm I'm glad I'm part of a bold church that went to Russia 18 months in a row to a a building that seats 18,000 people when they had never been before, hoping that one person might show up. I'm thankful I'm part of a bold church that does things like our youth group's gonna do this week. Show up to Jinx High School and believe God to fill an auditorium with public school kids reaching and preaching the gospel. I'm thankful I'm part of a bold church that went to Sierra Leone during a civil war and preached the gospel. And 16 years later the fruit still remains with people's lives who were touched in Sierra Leone I'm thankful I'm part of a bold church that went into North Tulsa and started a dream center that this last week was able to serve families and serve people and pick up debris after a tornado everybody say we are that church you are that church that's God's plan That a church would live with boldness. God, Jesus didn't launch a weak church. He didn't launch a church that's got a spirit of fear. He gave us power, love, and a sound mind. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says the Holy Spirit filled them with boldness. And they preached the word of God with boldness. I got an email just a couple weeks ago from a guy in Canton, Ohio. Canton, Ohio. He said, I'm 58 years old. I listened to Victory on the radio, Oasis. You guys launched your messages on the radio several years ago. And he said this, he said, I've got a lot of issues in my life. But he said, I was listening to a series you were preaching, Pastor Paul, called Fight or Flight. He said... Every message in that series was hitting me exactly where I needed to change. He said, I have found transformation listening to the Word of God on the radio through Victory. He said, I've heard John Hagee, Joyce Myers, but ain't nobody like Pastor Paul. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to encourage myself up here. (laughs) Ain't nobody like Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's about the church. Hey, you want to hear a cool testimony? Last week at Easter a pimp came to the play and he brought two of his prostitutes and both prostitutes came down to the altar, gave their life to Jesus Christ. You know what they, they passed along? They said, we at a young age got into this. At a young age, we got into this. We felt dirty for a long time, but something in that play told us that Jesus still loves us and he still loves us. I'm thankful for a bold church that sows into sex trafficking, pulling girls out of that nasty trade and giving them hope and giving them a future. As a church, we're sowing into uh, orphanages in Cambodia that are pulling kids out of human trafficking in Cambodia and giving them hope and preaching the gospel. Your finances have helped make a way to do that in Cambodia. And right here in Tulsa, too, we are that church. Come on, somebody. We are that church. Revelation 3, verse 1 through 3, John said, let me tell you about this church. He said, I know your works. You have a name, a reputation that you're alive, but you're dead. And verse 2, John says this, be watchful. Strengthen what remains. be The, the, the things that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect. And that word perfect right there, he said finished. It, the, the word perfect actually means finished. In other words, there's things that aren't finished yet. There's things that aren't finished yet. Don't get comfortable in yesterday's miracles. Don't get comfortable in yesterday's uh, 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 revolution. We've got a lot more to do as a church. We must strengthen that which remains, church. We are alive. This is your wake-up call. Somebody say, this is your wake-up call. We are a church that refuses to sit back and be quiet and die and fade out while the world gets darker and darker. We're gonna shine brighter and brighter. We are a diverse church. Come on, we are diverse. All races, look around. All races, all generations, young and old, all ethnic groups, all types of backgrounds. We've got people here who've been set free from drugs, sitting next to families who who got their kids in homeschool and sitting next to uh, uh, families who... who uh, are on their, you know, walking, walking through all kinds of stuff. And I'm thankful we're not a cookie cutter church. I'm thankful we're not all got the same background. I'm glad we got private school, public school, homeschool, drop out of school kids all over this place. We should be reaching people from all spectrums of life because heaven is going to be filled with people that had all types of backgrounds. So get used to it. Not everybody's going to look like you and praise God. Red and yellow, black and white. We are all precious in his sight. I'm almost done. We are a persevering church. Anyone who's been at victory longer than six years knows we are a persevering church. John said in Revelation, blessed are those who persevere. Blessed are those who don't lose the crown of life. Blessed are those who overcome. I'm looking at a bunch of overcomers. Man, praise God. Storms can't stop us. Tornadoes can't stop us. When my father passed away, people said, I don't know if they're going to make it. We're still flying, baby. We are that church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And we're just, hey, God's not finished. Our best days are in front of us. You know what? At Easter last week during the 9 a.m. service when I saw this, uh, the floor full and the second tier full and then into the third. You know what God was speaking to me? That's gonna be every week at Sunday, 9 a.m. service. Every week, it's just gonna start growing more and more. You guys are gonna keep reaching your community and families and young adults and parents and grandparents. We're a church that perseveres. Think about when our family went through a house fire. We lost everything, but you know what? We still had breath in our lungs. We got back up and, and we went out. And man, you know, during that house fire, a few months later, We went to Russia, and over the next 18 months, 90,000 people gave their lives to Jesus because we decided we're not gonna quit. We're not gonna throw in the towel. Just because adversity comes doesn't mean we lose our perseverance. We're gonna keep moving forward. Romans 8 11 says the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Hey church we've got resurrection life inside of us. There's nothing we go through we can't get through. There's nothing you go through you can't get through. You've got a persevering spirit inside of you. You can get back up. you got comeback power. Jesus lives inside of you. Tom, the same guy who shared his testimony with us, he said this, when I was walking through the months after my wife passed, Pastor Paul made us say the victory confession every week, still does. He said, I didn't like it at first. It was hard. He said, I, I, I couldn't even lip the words. I, I, I knew the words were true, but I just didn't believe them. I couldn't say that I'm here on purpose. I have a purpose. God's not finished with me yet. He said my mind would give me fits every time we said that confession. But you know, Pastor Paul's persistent making us do that. Thank God he is, he said. I no longer have to lip those words, even though healing and restoration is still happening in my life. I may not be where I'll be a year from now, but I'm not where I was. I'm still on earth. I have a purpose. God's not finished with me yet. Thank you, Victory Saints. Church, we're a persevering church. Lastly, we are a missional church. We are a missional church. What does missional mean? It means we live with a missions mindset locally and globally. We're on the front lines of compassion. When someone's hurting, we're going to show up. When somebody needs help, victory's going to be there as best as we can. We are a missional church. We're not just confined in the four walls of this church. We're going to go to the north, south, east, and west. You know, right after the tornado happened this week in North Tulsa that swept through the neighborhoods, all through the Dream Center, praise God it didn't. Uh, terribly affect our dream center. It peeled back some of the front of our roof, but it messed up a lot of houses. Did you know the very next morning we had teams of over 40 people from our church and Dream Center partnering together, going into the neighborhoods, helping people, feeding them lunch, picking up debris, serving them. They're going to be there this week. If you want to serve and get involved, you can go any day this week. Dream Center is going to be out there helping North Tulsa. You can be part of it. You just show up at the Tulsa Dream Center uh, uh, and be there around 10 a.m. You can join in and help them be a blessing. One church. Timothy Baptist Church, they lost their whole roof, blew off during the tornado, really messed up their church. Guess where they're going to be meeting for the next four to six weeks? Tulsa Dream Center. Come on, somebody. Baptist and the Charismatics getting together. That's what we're for. That's what we're all about. When Carbondale... Assembly of God went through a tornado, uh, a disaster that hit them over in in Sepulpa, I believe, or or Sand Springs. They ended up moving into uh, our Victory Bible College building for several months. Still to this day, they say, man, thank you, Victory, for helping other churches succeed. Thank you, Victory, for helping other churches uh, do what God's called them to do. We're not just here for us. We're here to be part of what God's doing all over the world. I'm thankful to, to help out and minister uh, at, at other places and other churches and connect with other pastors in our city. That's what local and global missions mindset is. This summer, we're going to be sending lights to Rwanda and, and uh, Zimbabwe, or is it Malawi, Malawi, Rwanda and Malawi. We're going to be going to Dominican Republic with the ninety nine. We're going to keep loving our city with buses and outreaches and ministering to boys and girls. And church, here's my question for you. Will you keep being part of what God wants to do through this church? Will you continue to be part of what God wants to do through you in this church? We are a team. Every person matters. Every penny matters. So here's what we're going to do. A missional church is a generous church. A missional church is a generous church. Last year as a church, we were able to sow $4 million into missions and outreach across our city and across the world. Praise God for that. And that wasn't easy, church. Last year was not like a, a just a flush year. We sacrificed to sow because we believe in the power of the seed. I asked this last week on Facebook, what's ministered to you? One guy from Paris, France, he said, Victory, what comes to my mind is the word sowers, sowers. He said, his name is Caleb Madden. He said, my family moved to France several years ago. Every month, Victory would send a check. He said, I was a young kid and I I remember my parents would always talk. We can count on Victory to support us, to do the work of the Lord in France. He said, I'll never forget that. Growing up now, he's 30 years old. He's got kids of his own. He's married. But he said, the word sowers comes to mind. Did you know every month as a church, we are sowing into the global mission field to reach a harvest of souls. The reputation of victory goes way beyond Tulsa, Oklahoma. The reputation of victory in Guatemala and Brazil and Argentina and Chile and Russia and Czechoslovakia and Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, Israel and China and Asia, Mongolia, Australia, uh, Myanmar and Burma and Thailand and India. All these countries have been impacted by your generosity. And you know what I say? I say thank you, God, for what you've done in the past. But you're not finished with us yet. Our best days are still in front of us. I want to give you a chance today to sow into what God's doing. This is missions week, and At the end of your row, there's offering envelopes. If you're sitting on the far right side, would you take an envelope this morning? Maybe you want to give through text message or online, or maybe you want to take that envelope and sow this morning. 35 years, maybe you want to sow $35 over and above your tithe. Maybe you want to sow something into what God's going to do through the Dream Center this week, ministering to those people who are hurting. Maybe you want to sow into the Bible college, the school, or just what God's doing through the missionaries in other nations. We can't do it without your help. And this is what it's all about, church, that we would not just talk about compassion, but we would walk out compassion. We would be the church. As you're doing that, I want to read a couple testimonies to you that I think are really... Cool. This one, last night, a girl came up and handed this to me and my wife. She said, victory doesn't just claim that they're a church about Jesus, spirit-empowered, word-teaching, loving, and bold. They show all of these things, not just to one or two favorites to the church, but to every single person that comes into the doors. It doesn't matter if they're a pastor, a millionaire, a star, or you're an ex-drug addict who recently came out of homelessness and got clean. They'll still treat you just as good My entire life, I've experienced hurt and abuse, betrayal and abandonment. But Victory has shown me what it's really like to be loved and accepted. Pastor Sharon, Pastor Paul, Victory, Pastor Ashley, you've treated me like family. You've loved me before I even met them. My mother asked you guys to pray for me before I even came to church. When I came to Tulsa and came to Victory, I felt like I gained a church uh, full of family. And the fact that I had done drugs and I had lived a wild life before I came doesn't make me any less accepted, welcomed, or loved. Now I go to Victory Bible College. I attend Wednesday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning services. And every day I get more and more hungry for God's word. The life I am living now, thanks to Victory, helping me come to Christ, is a life I didn't even think was possible in my dreams. I love you, Victory. Natalia, praise God. I'm just giving you time. As you're filling out your offering envelopes, I wanna share another testimony. This is awesome. This testimony came in as an email from Michael. He said, this may sound unbelievable, but it's true. I just recently got out of prison after 31 years. I was cleared on DNA evidence, and I've been out since June. The reason I'm writing is because over 25 years ago, while in Oklahoma's death row, I made a promise to the pastors of Victory that if I could get out, I would visit the church. The pastors probably never thought that I would ever get out, but I knew one day I would. And by faith, I believed that I would visit the church. After visiting Victory from getting out of prison, I'm now a full-time member. I love this church. I thank God for people like Sharon, Billy Joe, now Paul and Ashley, your commitment to reaching out to the lost. I just wanted to say thank you to every person at this church for welcoming me into their home. Truly, we serve a great God. Praise God. I've got so many testimonies up here, but I think you get the point. It's all about seeing people come to Christ. Last week, many people got saved. This weekend is Water Baptism Weekend. If you've never been water baptized, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. During this offering time, we're going to sing a worship song and we're going to let people make a decision today to go public with their faith in Christ. Maybe you got water baptized when you were a child or a baby. You don't remember. Maybe when it happened, you've walked away from God. Now you've come full circle. And today, you'd like to make that decision. We've cut out all the excuses. We've got shorts, t-shirts, and towels. You don't have to go home wet. We'll make sure you're dry. We've done everything we know to do to prepare the way for you to make that decision. Boys and girls from Children's Church have already come downstairs. They're lined up. They're ready to get water baptized today. When people go down in these water tanks behind me, we're going to celebrate new life. I'm going to ask that you don't leave during this time. I promise we'll dismiss you in just a few minutes after the baptisms. It'll only last about 15 minutes, but I'm telling you it's going to be some of the most powerful minutes of the whole service right there, seeing people go public. Today. If that's you and you say you know what i'd like to get water baptized would you just lift your hand across this room heads open uh, heads up eyes open come on i'm seeing hands right here right here over here yes sir today you're saying i'd like to get water baptized there's still more today anyone else up top yes awesome here's what we're going to do as the ushers are passing the buckets if you raised your hand would you start walking down this way Why don't we all stand on our feet? Would you start walking down this way if that's you and come meet Pastor Ryan Stafford over here by the stage front at the altar to make that decision to get water baptized today. We're gonna cheer on each person that's making that decision. I see a family coming down right now today that's deciding, yes. Praise God. my friend right there. That's my friend right there. This is exciting. This is exciting. Awesome. Awesome. Today's your day to get water baptized. As they're doing this, let me say this. We're going to worship God and you're going to see them come right up on this stage right behind me. There's water baptism tanks. We're going to show it on the screen and we'll dismiss in just a few minutes after. But let me say this. Water baptism is an outward declaration of an inward decision. Jesus himself was water baptized. He allowed John the Baptist to baptize him in the river. Anywhere that Christians could find a a river, a body of water, when someone gave their life to Christ, they'd say, let's go make it public. Let's go down to the river. We're going to baptize people. Jesus said, I'm sending you out. Go preach the gospel. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit today, that's what we're going to see. Lord, I thank you right now across this place for your presence to touch all of us. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for hope to rise up, salvation to come to anyone today who needs it. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're here today, and you need Jesus in your life. You want to surrender. You want Jesus to be Lord of your life. Would you just lift your hand up across this room if that's you? Yes, sir. Yes, anybody else today, you're saying, I want to surrender. I need his forgiveness. I need his grace. Yes, sir. During this time of worship, if you raised your hand or you're here today and you just need hope, you need a miracle, I want you to find a place down here at this altar to just worship God. We're going to have people praying beside you and behind you. And if you just want to come down to the altar just to worship and during this time, during these next few songs, just to lift your hands and worship, feel the freedom to do that. I want all of us to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus. I surrender to you. I repent of my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. And today I receive salvation. I'm all yours in Jesus name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord this morning.
1: I will rise still